Center. Uh, for any additional information or connecting points that might be interested or interesting to you. Um, my name is Josh Nevelsick. I've been attending Rimrock for a few years, and Mike asked me to talk a little bit about our Wednesday night ministries. I have four boys, ages nine to almost two now, and uh, my wife's name is Katie. Uh, Mike wanted a perspective from the younger families of uh, what, what we enjoy about Wednesday nights and why we attend. Uh, we really have enjoyed our Wednesday night's ministries. Uh, when Mike first asked me to speak, I asked my wife, I said, you know, why do we, why do we go to Wednesday nights? What's your favorite thing about, uh, about that ministry? And she and I both agree that it really was the first time that we started to just get connected to Rimrock. Uh, it stopped being a place where we came just for an hour on Sunday mornings and started being uh, a place that we had meaningful relations with other members of the body of Christ. It's also a huge benefit to have our kids have a positive experience uh, with learning about Christ. Boomer and Gloria, they do a phenomenal job as well as the people that help them with making our kids Wednesday night teaching both fun and applicable. Uh, they study the same topics, which is really cool too. So it gives us good talking points of well, what did you learn about today? And kind of a new perspective of, of what they gleaned from the, the study and what they studied uh, versus what we're kind of digging through as well. My wife is a very good cook, but she also likes to have nights off from cooking every once in a while. Um, and so having a meal that's prepared is a great benefit. It's also kind of a cool opportunity to eat with others from, from church, uh, connect with people that you normally wouldn't share a meal with. Uh, I asked one of our friends the same question is why do they go to church and uh, why are they so consistent in attending and sh she has gone to church for really her whole life um, but what she really appreciated about uh, Wednesday nights and how uh, it's conducted now is is the amount that she's learned over the past two years with our new format uh, Wednesday nights provides a way that we can kind of in-depth study about different topics um, and really digging into those topics and learning more about who we are in Christ and uh, what that has to present is what she really likes about that. It is a really cool format. Uh, really, uh, what happens is after we all eat, uh, about 6.30 we start, uh, and uh, either Boomer or Drew or I think Ben is going to start, but they give about a 10 to 15 minute lesson to start with. So elementary through adult is all in one room. And then we break off into separate uh, classes where um, elementary kids go and, and with elementary kids, middle school, high school, and then adults all uh, get together as well to study about the same topic that the 10 minute presentation was about. Uh, it's a very cool topic uh, this spring. We're talking about the humanity of Christ. And so when we talk about Jesus coming down, um, you know, dying for our sins, a lot of times we, we dwell on that he's fully God coming into this man's body. So he has, you know, omnipotence. He has all these things that what, what a God would have. But a lot of times we forget about what that fully human portion uh, looks like too. So, you know, when he was talking to the Pharisees, was he winking at his, uh, at his disciples? Was he kind of prodding, you know, did he, uh, when he got mad, what did that look like? And so all those things, um, which is a nice thing to be able to dwell and kind of look at 
the Gospels a little bit differently when we look at it from, well, what would that sound like if I or somebody else would, would say that too? Um, you know, I know that it can be hard to get out here on Wednesday nights after work. You know, a lot of times I'm trying to hurry up with paperwork and get out of here, get out of there by 6 so I can get up here by 6.30. Um, you know, and a lot of times we feel like, oh, yeah, it's a little bit late for our kids. But really, it just for our family, it's just so worth it to make that effort. Uh, you know, how cool would it be if Wednesday nights, if you look around, see how many people are here, if Wednesday nights looked, uh, was just well, as well as attended. Um, but you know, if Wednesday nights don't work for you, I think it's worthwhile to find somewhere uh, in all the ministries that Rimrock has to, has to offer uh, to just get plugged in. You know, that's what we're called to do is to, to fellowship with each other and to, to be a body of Christ. And so, um, and so we, we only do that by, by being with each other to do that. Um, that being said, uh, my, my wife and I are also involved in Rimrock 30 more or less. Uh, it's a small group targeted for those in their 30s, and a lot of times I'm asked, you know, what's that standard deviation or plus or minus, you know, 30, uh, you know, as the 30s, 40s, you know, we won't ever turn anybody away, so if you're ever interested, uh, you know, my number's in the bulletin, you can give me a call, but we'd love to, love to see you, and if it's not 30 more or less, you know, some, something else that you can kind of just dig in and kind of experience life with other members from Rimrock. Uh, it's 30 more or less is primary Bible study, and we have childcare available, but um, feel free to check us out. We meet on Sundays uh, from 4 to 6, the first and third Sunday. So we are meeting tonight uh, or this afternoon. However, it's going to be a little bit shorter because the Vikings are playing. I don't know if you've ever heard of those. So uh, Donovan asked me to lead everybody in the skull chants. No. So we'll, uh, we'll, I'll probably not do that, but... Uh, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, live life with, with others that are in Rimrock, and that I just think it's beneficial for Rimrock, the church, but more importantly, it's beneficial for you and what God has for you to do that. So uh, let us pray together, and we'll uh, get, get the rest of the service started. So, dear Lord, just thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us, and thank you for this beautiful setting of Rimrock and just the, the drive out here just to kind of get prepared for you, Lord. We thank you for uh, Ben's heart and the message that you have out of John for, um, for this morning, Lord. Uh, thank you for pursuing us. Uh, thank you for, uh, for not, not requiring us to have anything for the pursuit of of us um, because that's what we were made for. We were made f by you, for you, and uh, just let, let us learn a little bit more about that this morning. Uh, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks. So I've never heard of this. What is a skull chant? It sounds satanic. <laughs> Stay where you're at. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking uh, it would be good to have you guys kind of get up and say hello. But before you do, uh, I was telling you uh, a while back that Coyote, our percussionist here, had to go back to Nigeria to claim his bride. 
and she's here with us today. So stand up, Ariella. This is Ariella. Welcome. All right. So. <laughs> oh, also, where's Nick Ewing? Nick. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nikki. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Hey, why don't you guys take a minute? Yeah, that's good. Why don't you get up and uh, say hello to somebody around you before we start singing? Grace that taught, sing. It was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Come on, lift it up. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love. Amazing. The Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life in me. Yes, he will. Come on. My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing. shall soon 
dissolve like snow the sun forbear to shine but God who called me here below will be forever mine yes Lord and will be forever you are forever mine God you are forever mine my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing grace and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing We're going to get a little rowdy for Jesus here this morning. Do the skull chant or whatever. <laughs> here we go. Through you the blind will see. Through you the mute will sing. Through you the dead will rise, through you all hearts will pray, through you the darkness flees, through you my heart screams, I am. Alright, repeat after me. I am free to run. And I am free to dance. And I am free to live for you. I am free. Oh, I am free. Through you the kingdom comes. Through you the battle's won. Through you I'm not afraid. Through you the price is paid. Through you there's victory Because of you my heart screams I am free Hey, I am free I am free to run And I am free to dance And I am free to live for you I am free. Hey, I am free. This free this morning. Come on. Well, if the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. Come on. If the sun has set you free, 
you are free and you know that if the sun has set you free you are free indeed you are yeah you are free i am free to run and i am free to dance and i am free to live for you I am free. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Jesus came and said, I'm here to set you free. God, we thank you for that this morning, Lord. We thank you that is for freedom that we have been set free and that we are not to let ourselves be put under the bondage of slavery, of legalism once again because you have set us free, Jesus. Thank you for Brother Ben for drawing he and Jill and their family to come and share this life with us, Lord. And as he comes to preach now to share what you've been speaking to him about for this past week or weeks, God, we just pray you tear open the curtains that would guard our heart from hearing what you want to say to each one of us, Lord. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Maybe seated. Well, what an awesome privilege to be together on this beautiful morning and worship God together. It's a sweet, sweet thing. I really appreciate Josh's uh, announcement earlier. I think the very DNA of who God is and who he's called us to be as Christians is community. We're to do this together. And, and act, in fact, God himself is Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's a community there. And when Jesus came in this world, he called 12 disciples, and he sent them out two by two. And so we, we, we can't do this alone. We, we need each other. And so um, whether it's Wednesday nights coming or Sundays or, or being here involved or we, we need this. We need each other. We, um, I believe this so much, even with preaching, I, I, I believe God has, has called us to do this together. So uh, Nick Ewing and Bill and I have met, and, and God has used that already in that my preparation for this series to be able to, uh, to share the Word of God with you. And as they ask questions, it sharpens us. And so I'm looking forward to uh, both Bill and, and Nick being involved in, in preaching as well. God is good. He's so good. Well, it's been three weeks since, uh, since I've been here, and uh, we, we just feel so, so grateful to be here with you guys, to be part of Rimrock. Um, but my, my greatest desire is that we would see Jesus as the Word of God. And so I hope you're not getting tired of, of quoting John 1. Uh, but I thought this morning, instead of me just saying it, I thought we could say it together. Is that all right? So it's going to be up on the screens, and, uh, and let's read it all together at the same time. So... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, 
And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Wow, how sweet to say that together this morning as we come before the Word. So the last three weeks we've been diving into the series, The Seven Signs of the kingdom and if you think back with me a few weeks ago we looked at Jesus at a wedding right I love it that he went to a wedding and uh, they ran out of wine and so Jesus turned the water into wine and as we looked at that story we remember that uh, the people didn't even know it was happening but Jesus was communicating to his disciples and to Mary and the servants that Jesus himself is the new and the better wine. He is the treasure. And then we looked last week at the official son, the, the desperate father whose son was dying and came to Jesus with unbelief in his heart and unbelief all around, yet Jesus spoke those amazing words, your son will live. And Jesus reminds us that he is the physical and the spiritual life. And this morning we're going to be in John chapter 5. So if you have your, your Bible... You can uh, turn to John chapter 5. Um, if not, it will be on the screen. So if you would stand with me, and we're going to dive into this uh, amazing story. Starting in verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades, here a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, one who was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been at, in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool, and the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes in ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, It is a Sabbath, and the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who Jesus was, for he had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. You may be seated. So I love these stories. They're so full of, 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 of different dynamics and things happening and surprises. And, and I, love, uh, I love what Jesus does in this story. And so I'm excited to dive in with, it, with you this morning. But first, let's look at verses 1 through 4. And we see Jesus coming back to Jerusalem because if you remember the last two signs Jesus has been up in northern Israel in Galilee and now he's gone back south to Jerusalem and and Jerusalem is kind of a, a, a impressive city because it's 
perched right on a mountaintop, and so it's an arduous journey from the north to the south, but Jesus did that many times, walked that path many times, but here he comes back to Jerusalem, and the first thing that strikes me in verses 1 through 4 is he's there for a festival, but where does he go? He goes where there's probably not a lot of people hanging out because it's a place where there's the lame and the paralyzed and the sick. And so isn't it interesting that where Jesus chooses to hang out? <laughs> it tells us something about who God is. It tells us what God is doing in our world. And, and, and I don't think it's an accident. I think Jesus was very purposeful in where he went. And so he goes to the place that God wants to do something and show us something about who he is. And so this pool is surrounded by the disabled, the blind, and the lame. If you think back with me into Luke chapter 4, when Jesus is just starting his ministry, he reads from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 61. And this is what Jesus read. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery for the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isn't that those beautiful words? Jesus came to do something. And, and I think that it's really important for us to realize as we dive into this passage that, that when Jesus is talking there, he's not just talking about the lame and the blind physically. He's talking about all of us. All of us are in need of being set free. All of us have experienced the slavery of sin or different things that have captivated us. And so Jesus has come to set us free. The question is, do we realize it or not? And that's partly what we're going to see in this story. But isn't it interesting that Jesus shows up at this pool? Now, if you go there today, that pool is still there. And there's still people there, but there's not the blind and the blind. It's a bunch of tourists staring out in this pool. <laughs> and and they're, I don't know what they're looking for because Jesus isn't necessarily there. <laughs> Jesus is here. He's everywhere with us with the Holy Spirit. But but Jesus went there when it wasn't popular to go. There weren't tourists lining up, lining up to show up. But Jesus did. In verses 5 through 9, we see that Jesus has a purpose. And that purpose is a man who had been there for 38 years. In verse 5, we're told that he had been lying there. And Jesus asked about him. He asked, how long has that guy been there? And he found out for 38 years. Now, now that's how old I am. That's a whole lifetime. 38 years lying by a pool. I can't, even, I can't even get my mind around that. This man was in a terrible situation, and he had been laying there for that long without hope. And so the first question Jesus asked him is really interesting, right? He saw him lying there, and he found out he'd been in a long, there a long time. He asked this incredible question, do you want to get well? Is that a surprising question? I think it tells us something about what Jesus is trying to do here. You know, obviously, the man was in a terrible physical condition, but Jesus is asking a heart-probing question, do you want to get well? I think that's a convicting question for all of us because a lot of times we are very comfortable <laughs> in our slavery. Uh, last night I was downtown and we were going through the the, the, the story of the Exodus. And it's interesting, as the Israelites are going through the desert, a lot of times they long to go back to Egypt, back to slavery. Why, why do we do that? <laughs> but we do. 
And Jesus is asking this man, do you want to get well? He's, he's probing his heart because obviously Jesus cares about this man's physical condition. He, he's concerned that he's been laying there for 38 years, but he's concerned about more than just his physical condition. He's concerned about his heart. And I think as we read through this story this morning, it's important for us to stop and ask ourselves and to hear the voice of Jesus asking us, do we want to get well? Where, where is our desire this morning? Where is our love this morning? God cares about that. He cares about who we are, not just on the outside, but who we truly are, what no one else sees, what el- no one else knows, God cares about. And that's why he asked this man, do you want to get well? And look how the man responds. How does he respond? He says in verse 7, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And so there was this belief that an angel would come down and stir the water, and so the first person to get in would get healed, would get cured. And so this man had been laying there all that time, and he never made it in. Someone else always made it in first. And so he had pretty much given up total hope. He was hopeless. And I would say he's faithless as well. He doesn't even answer Jesus' question. Now, I hope you've been paying attention the last three weeks as we've gone through these stories. Just like with the wedding feast and with the royal official son, this man has no faith. He has done nothing to deserve Jesus' attention or grace or help. And yet, Jesus has chosen him. He has chosen him. Even though he had lost all hope, even though he had no faith, he had no future, yet Jesus chose him. Him. Jesus looked at him and cared about his physical condition and cared about his heart. This is important. Let's not miss this. We can't do anything to earn Jesus' favor. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Amen. Jesus is pursuing this man. Now, if you are here this morning and you believe in Jesus, I want, I want you to hear this. You are incredibly special because God has picked you and chosen you to have a relationship with God. I, I think of often of uh, orphans or, or kids who don't have parents and they're adopted and how what that must feel like to be out of all the kids in the world to be chosen by a family and to be brought into that family with all its rights and privileges. Well, that, that's us. That's us, brothers and sisters. God chose us and he calls us his sons and his daughters. Even though we didn't deserve it, we had no rights, no privileges, yet he chooses to infer everything he has to us. You are special, you are loved, you are chosen by God. But hear this, in the same breath, you're not that special <laughs> because you haven't done anything to deserve it. <laughs> you, you, hear, you hear that balance? You are special and loved, but don't, don't think you're something when you're not. Don't start thinking that you have some special standing that other people don't because it's not true. Stay humble. Don't get puffed up. We have to remind ourselves of that. We are special. We are loved by God. We are chosen. But, but let's, not, let's, not, let's not become prideful in that. And so what does Jesus say to the man? Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Wow. Just like last week when Jesus spoke those words, your son will live. Do you, do you capture the power of Jesus at this moment? The power that spoke this universe into being, the power that spoke us into being that gives life to everything 
in this world, Jesus speaks and there's power. I, I can imagine this man hasn't walked for 38 years and, and you guys have seen people who have been in accidents and how much hard work it is to, to learn to walk again. Well, this man just, he just springs up. There is power at work that gives him life immediately, instantly. And he begins to walk. Now, this is an amazing moment. It's an amazing moment. But do you see in the following verses, in verse 10 and, and, and 13, that this man doesn't even realize who Jesus is? <laughs> he doesn't even know who did this to him, right? Because the Jewish leaders are upset, and, and, and Jesus slips away. And so I think there's something incredible here at stake. And, and a lot of times, as people, we, we are amazed by, by the amazing things. And, and, and so it, it draws a crowd, and there's a lot of attention. But Jesus is trying to point attention to something else because he slips away. In verses 10 through 13, we are told that the Jewish leaders are very angry. They are very angry that Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Now, this is kind of, kind of crazy, isn't it? This is crazy. God just did an amazing thing, and people are upset. They're mad that this man is walking, and he's carrying his mat. So there's something going on here. There's a conflict that's happening. I think the Jewish leaders are in the same condition this man is. They may not be physically paralyzed, but they're spiritually in bondage. And they're in bondage to their man-made rules and rituals, and they missed out on the power of God. They missed out on the word of God. They missed out on the blessing of God. And their pride caused them to miss the blessing of the kingdom. You see, the greater thing at stake here isn't if a man can walk, but do, do, does he and do the religious leaders have eternal life? And that's, that's what's at stake in our hearts because the reality is a physical healing is temporary. I have a, a pastor friend who liked to say the, the mortality rate is 100%. We're, we're all going to die. <laughs> that's, that's all our fate. Yet, we are eternal beings and God is concerned about our hearts. He's concerned about who we are and ultimately concerned that we have eternal life. And that's what Jesus is pointing at here. That's what he's trying to get the attention of everyone who's present to see and what he's trying to get our attention for today. Would you look with me at verse 24? I know we didn't read this earlier, but I think Jesus later, he's explaining what he's trying to do here. He says in verse 24, Very truly I tell you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has been crossed over from death to life. Did you hear that? Whoever hears the word of God. Do you see what's at stake? Do you see what's at stake for us this morning? As we listen to the words of Jesus, will we hear? Because there's eternal life available. <laughs> there's power to save us not only now, but for all of eternity. He says he has crossed from death to life. And that is what we ultimately need. All of us need is salvation from death to life. But verse 25, But very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear it will live. Now, Jesus is, is telling us what's ultimately going to happen. At the end of all of time of human history, the voice of Jesus is going to call up, rise up, rise up. And everyone who knows the voice of Jesus is going to rise to eternal life. And it's going to be resurrection. 
that's going to be a Resurrection Sunday worth being at. <laughs> that is going to be an awesome day because what's going to happen is every person who's ever lived is going to be brought to life and bodies are going to be restored and resurrected and either people are going to go to eternal bliss with God or to eternal punishment away from God. That is what's at stake. And so, will we listen to the voice of God? For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. That is what is at stake. Do we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he alone can give us life? There's no life anywhere else or in anyone else. It's only in Jesus. He is the author of life. And he's calling. He's calling us. Just in this story, we see that he is calling this paralyzed man. He cares about his physical condition, but he cares about his heart. And I would even go so far that Jesus cares about the Jewish leaders. He's calling them. They've missed it. In their pride, they, in their rules, and their regulations, they, they've raised their fist to God and say, no God, we don't need you. We can do it on our own. Yet Jesus, in this miracle, he's, he's, he's pointing them to eternal life, to who he is and what he's offering. Freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from death. Freedom from the curse. He's offering it. Will they believe? And the question for us this morning is, will we believe? Verses 14 through 15 we see the love of God here because he pursues the man, the paralyzed man. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Do you see Jesus pursuing the heart of this man? It's beautiful. Now, I don't want to miss something here because you can start thinking when you read that verse, stop sinning or something worse, that, that God's up there with a club and every time you do something bad, he's going he's gonna to bash you. Well, there's another story where, where the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, a tower fell down on some people, and they must, they must have really messed up. They must have sinned terribly for that to happen. And Jesus said, no, that's not, that's not true. They didn't sin worse than anyone else. You see, it, it's not true that, that God's just waiting to, to, to bash people. Don't you see the heart of God here, his love, his pursuit, his desire to heal and to save? But we live in a broken world where, where so much is wrong and sin is everywhere in our own hearts and in the hearts of this, this uh, of, uh, around the world. We see the corruption and the destruction. And so we see that there's great suffering. And so Jesus said that tower fell so that people might seek God. You see, in our pain and our suffering, it's an opportunity to seek God and to experience the life that he gives. And so here, Jesus is talking to this man, and he's talking to him personally, his story. And we all have a story. And I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, it's not, it's not for us to know someone else's story. See, God is working in each of us in our unique stories and our unique circumstances. But all of us, he's calling. You hear his voice, and he's warning us. Be careful, because there is a way of life, and there is a way of death. Just like the Jewish leaders, they chose the way of death, of pride, of that fist of God saying no. And this man was in danger because his sin was in the way. And Jesus, concerned for his heart, said, stop sinning. Repent. Repent because, because today is the day not only that you can be healed, but that you can live forever with me. 
And that's the voice of Jesus calling us. Even this morning, there's a warning. And each of you have a story. And I, I don't know your hearts. Only God knows your hearts. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows the battles that you're facing in life. But Jesus is pursuing us this morning through his word. His voice is saying, stop sinning. Repent. Basically surrender. Give up. Give up fighting on your own. Allow the power of Jesus to do the work that you can't do on your own. Allow him to set you free. Allow him to release you from the bondage that you're in. So whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're facing, whether you're angry today or you're lost and you're, you're hopeless and desperate like this man, hear the voice of Jesus. He knows your struggle. He loves you and he wants to set you free. We have... We have two paths this morning. Either in our pride, we will shake our fists, fists at God. In our anger, we will say, no, God. Or, or we will receive the gift. We will receive his grace, and we will receive his power. And this requires humility. This week, as I was preparing, I came across a prayer. And uh, we sang a song by John Newton this morning. I'll, I'll invite Tom to come on up. Um, and, and John Newton had a radical encounter with, with Jesus, and he was part of a, a group called Puritans. So this, this happened in the 1800s, long time ago, but, but they wrote some prayers that are just beautiful. And I would ask you to close your eyes this morning that this would become our prayer in response to this story. And the prayer says, Save me entirely from sin, because I know I'm not righteous but my righteousness comes from another. Oh, Jesus, thank you for your righteousness. But I pant and I pine for likeness to thyself. I am thy child and I should bear thy image. Enable me to recognize my death unto sin. And when it tempts me, may I be deaf to its voice and deliver me from the invasion as well as the dominion of sin. Oh, Jesus, deliver us. Grant me to walk as Christ walked, to live in the newness of his life, the life of love, the life of faith, the life of holiness. I abhor my body of death. It's indolence, envy, meanness, pride. Forgive and kill these vices, Lord. Have mercy on my unbelief, on my corrupt and my wandering heart. And when thy blessings come, I begin to idolize them and set my affections on some beloved object. Children, friends, wealth, honor. O oh Lord, cleanse this spiritual adultery and give me chastity. Close my heart to all but thee. Sin is my greatest curse. But let thy victory be apparent to my consciousness and displayed in my life. Help me to always be devoted, confident, obedient, resigned, childlike in my trust of thee. To love thee with soul, body, mind, and strength. To love my fellow man as I love myself. To be saved from my unregenerate temper, hard thoughts, slanderous words, meanness, unkind manners to master my tongue and keep the door of my lips. O Lord, fill me with grace daily that my life might be a fountain of sweet water. This is a song that we haven't sung together in church for a while. It's called The Fountain of Life. I want to stand and you'll pick up on it if you haven't heard it before.
goes like this. How precious is your love, O oh God, in the shadow of your wings. A river flows filled with delights, and you lead me there to drink. Sing that again. How precious is your love, O oh God, in the shadow of your wings. A river flows filled with delights, and you lead me there to drink. Because you are the fountain, for you are the fountain of life. And in your light I can see That you are the fountain of life And in your word I receive sight In your light I can see I see light don't let some foolish pride slip in through all you've given me. But only humble thankfulness from this heart that you've set free. Yes, Lord. For you are the fountain of life. And in your light I can see That you are the fountain of life And in your word I receive sight In your light I can see In your light In your light I can see in your light I can see, I see light. Amen. He is the fountain of life. Go out today and let the Lord flow through you. Amen. God bless you guys.